1: This is GoPowerCat.com publisher Tim Fitzgerald with great news to share with our valued 24-7 sports VIP members. As a way of saying thank you, a subscription to a CBS all-access commercial-free plan is now included with your 24-7 sports VIP membership at no additional cost. Watch all of your favorite shows on demand along with exclusive access to Go Cat's award-winning and one-of-a-kind coverage of Kansas State sports. Stream more than 10,000 episodes all all-access originals, and live TV, including NFL on CBS games. Enjoy the CBS all-access commercial-free plan, a $99.99 annual value for the lifetime of your 24-7 sports VIP membership. It's an incredible added value for our subscribers, and it's time you probably take advantage of this deal and become a Go Powercat member. And remember to subscribe to the PowerCat podcast at your favorite podcast provider, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Now, here is your PowerCat podcast. The
2: following is a GoPowerCat.com and Spirit Street production. You've discovered your link to GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat Powercat Insiders Podcast, presented by Commerce Bank, and it starts right now. Now, let's go to the WTC gig-powered studios. Here's
1: your host, GoPowerCat.com publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Welcome to another edition of the Power Cat Insiders podcast brought to you by Commerce Bank, Tim Fitzgerald, Ryan Black, Kellis Robinette, and on the phone with us, Tyler Griever from WIBW, the sports director. Not just the other guy, he's the boss man. Oh, God. I mean, the other guy's fine. I'm not going to mention his name. Yeah. But you're the boss man, yeah. and he's on the phone with us. And he's not in Lawrence, so he actually has good reception today, supposedly. <laughs>
3: Yeah, much better, I hope, for everybody.
1: Matt Walters is not with us today. We will have a small party once we're done. We will have cupcakes and cookies and party hats to celebrate Matt not being here. But what is here is Commerce Bank. Life is full of moments, big and small. Commerce Bank has the technology and the people to help with whatever financial challenges come your way. Commerce Bank, challenge accepted. Go into the Manhattan location and touch Matt Walters with objects. I wouldn't advise actual contact with your skin. Okay, guys, let's just get into this football game. That was a weird game. The last two games have just been weird. It's like K-State, I thought they played better at Texas and they played Saturday against West Virginia, a 24-20 to loss to the Mountaineers. Carlos, how would you sum up that game? Just give me your overall thoughts on that game.
4: Yeah, it's a game that we haven't seen a lot of from Kansas State, especially during the Bill Snyder era. They outgained West Virginia. They arguably played better than West Virginia most of the game, but just a silly mistake here. A big play given up there really cost them. Um, yeah, I mean, you don't see Kansas State lose as uh, a favorite at home very often, especially as a two-touchdown yeah. favorite. Um, D. Scott was just showing me out there. That's the first time they've lost at home to a, a team with a losing record since oh3 or oh4 So that's... Uh, Definitely shows why some people are disappointed about it because that just doesn't really ever happen here. Typically, Kansas State beats the teams they're supposed to beat, and when they lose, it's against you know teams they're supposed to lose against. So definitely surprising there. But, yeah, just, just not their best game, and I think that's, you know, grand scheme of things, it's a little typical and probably to be expected. We've seen them play their best, and when that happens, they can beat Oklahoma, and when they do a few things wrong, they're right here. They can lose to West Virginia. So, law of averages.
1: Yeah, you you get into a couple turnovers. Of course, the last one being enormous because it ended the hope for Kansas State. But really, the penalties, Ryan Black, that penalty on Trey Deshaun on the missed field goal, really did, in the long run, prove to be maybe fatal. That might have been the difference in the game. Well, I
5: mean, yeah, you go from West Virginia missing a field goal and getting no points to now they end up turning that into a touchdown. You know, they lose by four. I mean, that, that certainly, like it could be the difference in the game. And then on top of that, the, the go ahead touchdown, that drive, uh, that was extended by a pass interference penalty by uh, Denzel Goolsby. So maybe that 50 yard touchdown doesn't happen if he doesn't get that penalty earlier in the drive. So Good point. I, I mean, I know we always hate to say well, the game comes down to one play or two plays, but to me, that'd be those two plays. If you take either of them away, K State
1: wins the game. Yeah, Tyler, I just kind of felt like. West Virginia made the more timely play, and their mistakes. Hey, they had more penalties. That jumped out at me. They had actually of all the stats, the only one that K-State came on the wrong side of was the turnovers, which were huge. But yardage, time of possession, penalties—even though it was fairly even—I I just thought West Virginia came up with, with the plays when they needed them, and the quarterback was pretty good. Diggy was pretty good. He he made plays when you absolutely had to have it
3: absolutely I and mean, i was pretty impressed especially on uh the last touchdown they scored for him to escape the pocket like that that was just, it just looked like kind of a breakdown for Kansas state on the on the back end on that play i think a safety bit up when he probably shouldn't have cuz i mean when you see a play like that happen you're just like how does a dude get that open but there's a difference between being open and that open and that guy was just by himself on that play but it, it, I mean if you're going to pull off an upset you have to make not necessarily the big plays just the timely ones right. to take advantage and, and hit when you can and West Virginia did
1: exactly that I look back at that game Kelsey came out and threw the bomb and scored and then they just really struggled from there they they didn't seem to go for the home run I, re, I recall them trying to throw it deep one other time They did throw it deep to Landry Weber also in the first quarter, but it just didn't seem to look deep after that, and I just don't understand why.
4: It was a weird game in a lot of senses. Skyler Thompson had thrown one interception all year. He threw two in this game. Um, They'd been converting a lot in the red zone on the ground, scoring. They had to settle for two field goals in this game. They'd only allowed five touchdown passes all year on defense, and they allowed three in this game. I mean, It was like everything that had been working for them, Previously, just crazy. total reverse in this one, and I'm not sure how to explain that. You're right in the sense that, um, I mean, it's weird. They didn't look downfield a ton. They tried to in the last play, and it was even there, just poorly executed. Um, I mean, if they, it's it's funny to think if he, he as badly as they blocked that play, if he puts another yard on the ball, they probably win. If they block and give Skylar Thompson time to actually throw from the pocket, he probably puts it on the money, and they probably win. And, yeah, it's just weird to look at the final box score. They threw the ball 39 times, which is more than they have in five years. And despite all that, you're right. They didn't really look down a lot. A lot were check downs to running backs. and. Yeah, it'd be interesting to go back and look at every play with a fine-tooth comb and see where they could have maybe done a few more things, but it just struck, it struck me that in two straight games they got out to early leads and were unable to run the ball and just killed the other team because that's what they did at North Dakota yeah. State, and I, I wonder if this coaching staff is just kind of confused when the last two games they've gone to that and they said, okay, we've got this lead, let's run them to death, let's get out of here and bury them.
1: They can't do it, what do they do next? And I think that's where they're struggling. Well, I have a theory on that, but, yeah, Ryan, they just—they're not managing leads, and and like Kellis said, they threw the ball more often than you see a K-State team do so. But I feel like they were so committed to the run. I tweeted this that for the run to work in the fourth quarter, they've got to establish it, even if it doesn't get the yardage in the second quarter. Well, then they started throwing the ball, and and yet you can argue they didn't throw it enough. By the middle of the third quarter, when the run wasn't working. I would have just gone shotgun, spread them out. Let's get out of this. Let's just totally get out of what we've been doing, and and try to make them defend in the secondary, which is not their strong point.
5: Well, I think again, like like Kellis, I think the other and and you mentioned as well when you first brought this up is this that the the odd thing to me was as many times they passed, like you said, really outside of the the deep throw to to. Dalton Schoen to open the game and then the other one to Landry Weber, which by the way was a fantastic pass and catch mm-hmm. on, on both mm-hmm. ends of that. Uh, it just didn't seem like they really wanted to go deep the rest of the game. There were so many passes out of the backfield, especially to James Gilbert. I believe that's the most that he'd had in a single game this year. Uh, but it was just it's just bizarre to me that again, as you guys said, even, even again, it's it's that it's the, even if it is not working, throw it deep to keep them honest. But it just seemed like after the first quarter they're like, yeah.
4: Yeah, it well. seems like the only thing they want to do to keep the other team honest is run the ball yeah. every now and then. Yeah, yeah. no, you're right. I mean, even when they know it's not going to work. Yeah. Just run the ball, we've got to do it. And I wonder, do you think Malik Knowles maybe just isn't 100% and that's why they're not going deep? We had, they did try one. I don't remember if it was to Knowles, but they did try one other yeah. deep ball in the game. And it was but well covered. It. Yeah. It, it seemed like earlier in the season, at least Malik was stretching the field yeah. a little more than he is now. Yeah. No,
5: I, I, I definitely think that maybe the – In hindsight, you know, last week when when Kleiman was asked about his percentage on on Knowles, he was 85. I think eh, that might have been generous. Yeah,
1: I agree. Yeah. And, Tyler, we mentioned this at the start of the season. This team doesn't have the depth to withstand injuries, and they're getting beat up as the season goes on. They've got guys playing, but nowhere near 100%. We saw that with the running backs, probably with Knowles. And there's just guys all over the field that aren't where they were uh, physically earlier in the season.
3: No, I mean, I think that puts more on on Skyler's shoulders. And one thing that kind of stands out to me over the past two games is he had such a good stretch running the ball uh, during that three-game winning streak. Over these past two games, 21 rushing attempts for 19 yards. I mean, no touchdowns whatsoever. And I think if you you keep playing this game every week between, you know, is Gilbert going to play, is Brown going to play, how healthy are these guys? And if they can't go, I mean, you like Harry Trotter, you like uh, Irvin and such, but if they can't be at 100%, then Skyler probably has to use his legs a little bit more than maybe anybody anticipated. And if that's not an effective part of the game plan, then you just lost another really huge weapon that's been successful for you this year. So I, I've, I've been a little perplexed by that over the past two games. Just It just doesn't seem like the quarterback run game, whether that be – improvisational or a design run has really been successful
1: for them in these two losses. Well, there was a play early in the game. Maybe it was the fourth quarter. It's all a blur. It's all a boring blur. It could
5: have been the first or the fourth quarter or the second or third.
1: It could have been. It was during (laughs) a quarter of the game. (laughs) game. K-State had the box. um, West Virginia had the box loaded. Skyler was clearly in a run play, but he had Joshua Youngblood up at the top of the field on the east side of the field. On man coverage is no safety help, and I'm like, he's going to check out of this and go deep, and they didn't hand it off. Yeah. I think they lost yardage with Gilbert. It's that's, just that's their yeah. most predictable formation.
4: They mm-hmm. Run out of it every time. Mm-hmm. They've I, got Youngblood just sitting there. I don't understand why they don't try a shot. It, that's that, a guy they're not using enough.
5: Was that a play like around like the West Virginia forty? Yep. Okay. Yep. Okay. I know the one you're talking about now. I think that was the second quarter, maybe.
1: Yeah. It, I don't remember it being the fourth. So. Yeah. It's it. It's incredible to me, and someone just hop in, uh, that they scored on their first possession of both halves, touchdowns, and the rest of the game they had two field goals. It's just very odd. It just seems like they'd come out of the locker room mentally prepared, and then there was this erosion of preparation, mental preparation as the half went on.
5: I mean, I was, maybe, maybe Kellis wasn't, but I mean, I was surprised about how open every player I was around and talked to that. They were like, yeah, I don't think that we gave West Virginia the respect they deserved because we thought we were just going to be able to – they didn't say this part exactly, but they kind of seemed to feel like they could play their C-plus game. And win, and we've talked about it so much. This K State team is not Oklahoma or Texas with talent, so they 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 need to pick, play at least their B or B plus game every week to beat Big Twelve teams. That's the truth.
4: I actually think effort and focus was okay. I think that's just kind of the crutch you go to. Okay, when you, when you lose as a fourteen point favorite, what do you blame? Well, we weren't focused enough. Whatever. I I don't know necessarily that that was a big factor. I think that West Virginia just raised their game because this the team we saw out here was not the team. I agree that had been crapping it up all season. The quarterback change was yep, big. It was huge. A lot made a big difference. And, I mean, I, K-State definitely played down. This was not their best game by any means. But I don't know that you can just sit there and say, oh, they should have won this by three touchdowns. I, I, their their yards per play were identical, five and a half both ways.
1: Griever, man, Jared DeGe was good. I mean, he was just – his stats yeah. are solid. They're, if you look at his line, it's, you know, good but not awesome. I think he was 20 or 30. But he made plays. He extended plays. He knew when to throw the ball away, which is something Skyler doesn't always do. Skyler was running out of bounds instead of just chucking in. I can't quite grasp that. But he did seem to bring a good quarterback will make your defense better. And I think that showed it. Uh, that it just brings a confidence to the team that you're, you're in this game for the fight. And that's, uh, that was my theory on West Virginia the quarterback made the whole team better
3: yeah and and back to Skyler just for a second I mean I go you go back to that final play and that final interception like and I watched it back I think from a from a different angle just watch I think ESPN took the angle where they drew up how it happened it's just like it wasn't a bad play call man like it was there it I was mean, there. If, oh yeah if that oh yeah if, if there's like a little more air under that ball that's a touchdown and we're having a completely different conversation uh today to be honest and so uh, I think Going back to, to Kellis's point to, just a little bit, I, I do think from watching it that West Virginia definitely played with a little bit more inspired confidence and raised their level. But, you know, when you get three red zone trips and only get one touchdown out of it, that just screams just like a basic mistake execution thing to me. I mean, that's tied that's, that's their lowest touchdown percentage of the year in the red zone. The only time other that was worse was Baylor, and, the, and they got beat down that game. So I mean you get inside those, you gotta take advantage of opportunities and they just didn't and that Skyward that last play is like a shining example to me of it. it's like it's not a bad call, it's just like it just wasn't executed, like it just wasn't a hundred percent there on
1: that time. it amazes me, getting back to what Ryan said, that this group of guys can think they can coast at any time. They just they they should know they just don't have that amount of overwhelming ability to coast. Hell, Texas doesn't have enough ability to coast, and they we know how good they can be, but they came out and thought they were just going to take care of Iowa State and and got themselves in trouble in Ames, and then you know had the turnabout fair play thing and lost on the last second field goal, almost an identical thing. So um, yeah, these guys can they regroup? Texas Tech lost but played well against TCU. I think this is an enormous game.
4: Yeah, for sure. I I think they can regroup. I I wouldn't put them past them to win the last two games, but they put themselves in a hole here. I wouldn't put them past them to lose the last two games either. It's uh, it's always tough going to Lubbock. Um, last time they were there, they they needed how many overtimes to win? Yep. Was it three, two, maybe two? That was Skyler Thompson's first big game. But whatever it was, uh, it's been you know it hasn't been the easiest of things to go down to Lubbock and win. And then Iowa State. I think that's going to be a really hard game here too. Yeah, so. that's always doesn't matter who, yep. what I the teams are. I think it kind of comes down to offensive line in a lot of ways. It does. They, they've been as up and down as anybody. Mm-hmm. One week they're just manhandling the opponent, and then last week it looked like they. How many times has Scholar had to leave the pocket? I mean, pretty much every single passing
1: play. Ryan Black, you look like an offensive lineman. So ah, I want you yes, to, see that yes, of course, break off the your analysis <laughs> on this. Uh, I I just don't think they can block the three-man front. Here's my theory on They've that. They've
5: had a lot of yeah, problems Yeah, they, they have had a lot of problems with that this year. What do you
1: need when you run a three-man front? You need a really good nose tackle and bigger defensive mm-hmm. ends.
5: So You've got to be able to plug up more space because you're down one man.
1: Do you have those kind of players at the FCS level? that people can run successfully three-man fronts against this blocking scheme. I would say no. They've not seen any kind of three-man fronts with this type of ability that can occupy blockers, and I think they're just having problems adjusting to it. What I was really shocked to see was how little adjustment or how few solutions they came up with from what Texas did and then West Virginia just replicated and had success with it. I didn't think they'd have that kind of success. Honestly, I put more faith in the coaches fixing some problems and it really didn't happen.
5: Yeah, I would say that like you said, I'm, I'm, I am very surprised that given – it feels like we, – we talked about this last week on the podcast is that the problems that Texas exposed, we just didn't think that anybody else could maybe replicate it mainly because it was like, well, that's more of Texas' talent doing this more so than anything else. But the fact that, like you said, I, that, that West Virginia was do, able to do a lot of the same things, I think that's, that's pretty worrisome going into the last two games. And I would say – and it's something I mentioned to some people the other day after the loss – Boy, big big they already got that sixth win. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because, like, gosh, yeah. we hear that same story
1: every year. Can they imagine the get... panic if they had. Oh, gosh. I mean, because does, they'd be in big trouble. Does oh, Tech yeah.
4: run a three-man D-line? I know Iowa State does. I,
1: I don't know. All i got to say is uh, if I've never run a three-man front, I would do it for this game, even if I didn't do it well. I would give it a shot and then get out if it didn't work. It's kind of like playing zone against Kansas State basketball. If if you don't even There's play zone, just, comparison. Just go throw the zone at them. It doesn't work. Go back to your man. They've they've lost every game against
4: three man fronts, haven't they? Yeah. I mean, Oklahoma used some of it, but it wasn't. Yeah, and they're so, more of a hybrid anyway. Yeah. But every every team they played that just said, "Here's our three man front trying to beat it," they have not been
1: able to do it. It's and crazy. the other interesting thing is, three of the four losses are to programs with former K State coaches on those staffs. So it's almost like. Knowing the personnel tendencies does help. Even if they don't know the actual schemes, you can scout the schemes. But knowing what this guy does well, this this guy doesn't well. Particularly an offensive lineman. Well, he doesn't go to this way as well as that way. Just All those things, I think, can be a be a problem so i
5: mean i will say the one obviously like the previous week was was like you said andre coleman is an analyst for texas again that was a game where again texas literally lost in the last second field goal now, now the the one i think kellis put, put this on twitter i do think charlie dickey i think that one was a major one i think oh, that I was, agree. you know that was oh, one where it made yeah. the biggest influence i think the other ones are overrated
4: i, I agree like because Zach, they're not on field it OU, they had no yeah. problem with that but you're right i think dickey well, Dickey and Tyler, and Tyler are the only against a defensive line that he coached against every yeah. day. I think that definitely helps. Yeah, and me.
5: then I'm just saying that Dickey and Tyler are the only two who are p- full time right. position coaches. The other two are these, you know, sitting in the film uh, or sitting in the film room breaking down stuff or watching washing Tom Herman's car or whatever <laughs> it is they have to do to fill up time and get that salary.
1: <laughs> what Butch Jones did for Saban for a bit. Maybe the analyst has to be in charge of the Tom Herman P color chart. Is that, that's him with oh the P color chart, right? It is. Yeah. 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 That'd be a job. Griever, would you do that job? Be in charge of P color? Uh, no, I think I'm good on that. <laughs> I'm, I'm all right. What if you got paid like $80,000 a year to monitor urine color? I mean, I'm know, in, I'm in for 80K, I, man. I, I, I mean, I'm
3: just good. i if you got the contract ready,
5: I'll sign that one. Yeah, eighty k might be my starting point. I, I will. I will say this, Tyler. That, that I need I, at least six figures. I'm one of those people where it's like, you know, if you're doing that, you have to make it like it's an every disaster movie. Like where you have to call in co is like coach. You're going to want to see this. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like you have, like, uh, like DEFCON 1. That's what I'm saying. Exactly. <laughs> so, <laughs>
3: so, like, each represented by a
5: different color. And, and then Herman has to go, oh,
1: my God. His, <laughs> his urine is bright green. Uh, uh, Griever, are, are they oh. in big trouble right now? Are they staring down the, the mouth of a 6-6 six and six with a four-game losing streak? I am.
3: You know, I'm going to be honest. I don't really want. I I know, like this is kind
5: of how the season's been, uh-huh.
3: and they won three, lose two, win three, lose two.
4: It's yep. like,
5: yeah. If you if you, believe, yeah. Like, if you believe yeah, if you believe in trends, they're going to end on three game winning
4: streak. Nine and four. Yeah. I mean, it's automatic. It's like that year one with a new coach. Is it
3: not? Yeah. You're going to have right. hot weeks, cold weeks. It's like you, you're getting used to everything. And I know, like, look, I think they're they are better than what I thought they were going to be. I agree, a hundred percent. Um, Texas Tech is not very good. I honestly think they're going to go to Lubbock and probably have a pretty solid performance. But I, I don't, I don't see just from what I've seen in Tech this year. Like I'm, I i have not been totally impressed. Another team with a brand new head coach too, trying to find its footing. And you know, you can you can look at various situations throughout the country with first year head coaches. And man, I think a lot of them would look at k State and think they're sitting pretty right now. I mean, well, you're not even worried about a bowl game at this point um i think that offensively the running game is like is so dominant for what they want to do i mean it's the whole basis of their offense and it hasn't been there the, the past two games so i i think that's the biggest thing to watch over these next two to get back on track is like can you find a way to run the football effectively again because as we've said a million times they're not dynamic enough in the passing game to rely on it to win games. And and that's just how it
5: is. I would say, Tyler, you know, Saturday's result notwithstanding, I mean, I I don't think there's any argument that of the four first-year coaches in the league that, I mean, done the best job.
1: I agree.
3: Oh, no no doubt. Yeah, I mean, I I don't think it's... I I think that if you would have told anybody to start this season, hey, you're going to have six wins, like, let's let's just say that outright, not even mention the timeline we're at, you're going to have six wins, including an upset of Oklahoma. Like, K-State fans would have been buying season ticket packages for like five years in advance. I, get, so yeah, I guess what's what made
1: it weird true. is they are at six wins right now, but Early on, before the season kicked off, you would have thought Oklahoma, and Mississippi State are untouchable games, and they got those. <laughs> oh, so, so they're winning games. and said it. Coach said it. We're, you know, the, I expected to win some games that we didn't think people didn't think we'd win, and probably lose some games people didn't think they'd lose. Although this was the first one that really surprised me. Yeah, starting at Oklahoma State on the road as a big challenge. In hindsight, I thought they'd beat Baylor, not recognizing that Baylor was. A pretty darn good football team uh, for the most part until Saturday. Um, And then, uh, well, until like the third, fourth quarter. They were good for the – anyhow. And then, uh, yeah, Texas is Texas. They've just got dudes. Sometimes the dudes show up and play. Sometimes they don't. Well, that's pretty much in the course of a game. Some plays, they're there. And other plays, they're not but uh, so this was the first one that kind of caught me off guard. And,
5: and Tyler, might I add about this? Like you said, if you told the people that the season would include a win over Oklahoma, and it wasn't a fluky win, it wasn't Jalen Hurts had been hurt the week before no. and they they beat. I mean, oh, yeah, they had to hold on. Like I mean, but but you just see the Oklahoma's is too good of an offense to hold down for an entire game. You knew they were going to make a comeback. I mean, K State was the better team for the vast majority of that of that win.
3: No, I agree with you. I, I, honestly, I I think you know I'll give this. Amount of credence to maybe the letdown argument against West Virginia. That was a three game stretch where, okay, Oklahoma comes to town, that's a top five team. Nobody thinks you're going to win. You're pretty amped up for that, and you thrive off the underdog card. The Kansas game, I think we all knew they were a better team than Kansas, but then this whole thing with less miles and miles to go happens, and, you know, it seems like, and, and I'm going based off what these dudes are saying. Like, I'm not trying to. to construct a narrative here just to say they're winning games off the narrative, but I do think it is a team based off some things they said that do kind of like that that element of doubt or that element of, of the underdog card just a little bit. I mean, it, it, that's never the whole reason you're going to win a game, but it's some sort of motivational factor I think has to be maybe attributed to, to some of this, and including The whole basis for Chris Kleinman is an FCS head coach jumping in the FBS. You know how how can this guy adjust? Like. So, I don't know. I look at that three games and even Texas, yeah, it's a loss, but it was still a pretty solid performance. You know, how many people pick K-State to beat Texas in a given year?
5: Yeah, that that, that confused uh, me for a second, Tyler, because you said a three-game stretch, and I'm like, okay, well, you said Oklahoma, and then you said KU, and I'm like, okay, yeah. so where's yeah. Texas figuring into this unless you're just yeah. dropping them off the yeah. schedule?
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't look at the Texas loss, like, very negatively. I mean, oh, yeah. going to Austin, mm-hmm.
5: when,
3: when Texas is a clearly, every year, Texas is probably going to be more mm-hmm. talented than K-State, just based off yep. of brand recognition and recruiting ranking,
5: mm-hmm.
3: Um and you lose on a last-second field goal. I mean, there's no shame in that, in, in my opinion. Um, so that, that's where I'm coming from with that three-game strike. Oh,
4: yeah, no, I agree. Well, the thing about all this is I think if you can actually objectively step back and look at the season compared to preseason expectations, I think everybody say, yeah, they're ahead of schedule. But it's just, it's just got to be agonizing to sit there and say you change one play against Texas, you change one play against West Virginia, they're probably in the 100%. top ten. They this are. would be a top 10 team. They wins. Yeah, 8 and 2 they, with a chance to be in the Big 12 championship game. That's if crazy. changed two 100%. plays.
5: It's
3: but, very but crazy. I think it I think it ties back to I don't know who me, who mentioned margin for error earlier, but like when, when you are a team with the talent level of of a Texas or an Oklahoma like your margin of error is so much different than K-State in year one with a new head coach. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it is so thin when you look at this team, that, like, that's how you lose to West Virginia. Like, that's how that happens. And what we're mentioning now is, like, it's been a nice season. But, yeah, obviously there's another level that you're not quite at yet.
5: Well, I mean (laughs) – You know, you know what I'm saying? Well, I would say Tyler being kind of the perfect example is there's no way K-State makes the comeback at Baylor that Oklahoma did. They, they just don't have that kind of talent or that kind of offensive weaponry. I'm just saying that, like I said, and again, the flip side of it is, yeah, Oklahoma can play its C-plus game and beat Baylor. I'm sorry, not Baylor, West Virginia, who we're talking about. K-State just doesn't have that. And I don't really know, and Fitz and, and Kellis, you've been here a lot longer than either Tyler or I have, but I don't know if that's how, how often that's ever been different. I mean, K-State's never usually been the team with the overwhelming talent, so I well, think they always kind of no. are on that razor's edge every season.
1: Probably 98 was the mm-hmm. the year that they had the overwhelming talent, and they just beat everyone into the ground until well, they, uh, they They tripped.
4: beat some teams up in 12, too.
1: Yeah, that's right, they did. And then uh, they went to Waco and lost their chances at a national championship. Hey, Baylor, how'd that feel? (laughs) Was that enjoyable? Is that enjoyable? Let's take a little break right now on the Powercat Insiders podcast, sponsored by Commerce Bank. We'll be right back. Stay locked in. The Powercat podcast will be right back.
0: Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky
6: Redeem your 50% off at rosettastonecom RS10 today.
2: We now send it back to Fitz in the WTC
1: Gig-Powered Studios. Welcome back to the PowerCat Insiders Podcast, sponsored by Commerce Bank. We have Tyler Griever from WIVW. Kellis Robnett from the Woodstock Eagle, Ryan Black from the Manhattan Mercury, and myself, Tim Fitzgerald. No Matt Walters today, so I'm going to do this read. I've taken the reads away from Kellis and Ryan.
5: Oh, darn you! That's no, just easier this way. Well, I mean, I messed up that last time, so I understand why I've
1: read two. Let of... Tyler
4: do it. Just let him shoot off the hip. Nah, I'm not going to do that. To
1: him. <laughs> Commerce Bank has the technology and the people to help. That includes Matt Walters. With whatever financial challenges come your way, Commerce Bank, challenge accepted. Boom. That's the show. Now, well done. Uh, let's, uh, let's move on to the big topic. As much as I didn't like the logo, I'm not a big oh, fan of the logo, no. I thought the uniforms were sweet. Yeah. I, I thought they looked – I, I like the white pants. I like the look of the white helmet. I really thought the uniforms looked awesome. Huh. Yeah, they. I mean, they won that
4: part of the game for sure. Pre-game dress, uh, dress contest, they definitely yeah. won that one. I liked it. Yeah, we,
3: we got to stop
4: with the whole, like,
3: <laughs> just everything with that whole debate, man. Oh, my gosh. Uh, if there's one thing I hated seeing on social media is, like, talking about the, the damn helmets. My gosh, <laughs> they look great. They looked awesome. In fact, both of their alternate uniforms, like I hope they work, continue to work those into the rotation because they look fantastic.
5: Well, I, I just uh, think, that, Tyler, like you're kind of getting at, and some people have said it's, like, it's just ridiculous to think that Okay, like, well, I mean, like, they wouldn't have given up the fifty-yard broken play touchdown had they been wearing a PowerCat logo the power on the Cat logo. Power Cat would have made it's it just, faster. It's right. It's, it's, it's <laughs> just,
3: Sports Center well, with SVP would that help?
5: Right. Yeah, and, awesome. and, and I'm probably I would bet Tyler one of the most watched Sports Centers in a long time because people wanted to see what was going to be said about the end of the just awful Brown Steelers brawl. Right.
3: Right. I'm just saying, like, I, I don't know, I. I like the added swag element they've, they've done this year. It's, I mean, college football is so much about brand. I think it's as much about brand recognition now as ever before. So like whatever you got to do to enhance it. and, And they've, they've definitely upped their game this year. And that deserves some praise, not, constant criticism and
1: hearkening <laughs> back to... No, I, I, a, I'm all no i all for the alternates. I just think you're going to honor K-State football past, there are some seasons not that logo. It kind of looks similar to a Northwestern helmet from the 80s. Uh, and come to think of it, they played like Northwestern on Saturday. So <laughs> well, I, I'll say probably the, the dumbest
4: argument I've ever... I've heard during my time on this beat is people saying that the helmets were an unnecessary distraction for the football team. That, yeah and someone—if yeah. if people are out there actually thinking that Chris Climbing came in and canceled the day of practice and said, "Don't worry, boys, we're not practicing. We're just going to model our uniforms to see what looks <laughs> best this week." If that's actually uh, what he did, then okay, then yeah, that's bad. But I—I uh, I, I mean, they just showed up and wore what was put in front of them. I don't
1: see—I don't see yeah. that at all. That this, yeah, I, I agree with that. They were fired up about the helmets. I, that's why I can't figure out why they were so flat. It's like you guys were—I mean. You were genuinely excited about this look, and then it's like you you went to prom looking fresh, and then <laughs> then we're total wow.
5: well, I want to say Kellis that like you said i I always like taking things another step, and you're saying about like if climbing had canceled practice, but then he brings in eighty five easels and they have to try all try to <laughs> design fit, their design own. the logo, and you see like in every old cartoon they're all like tossing the the this the 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 ones they're throwing out away and then you know, they're all just, man, they're working really hard and grinding.
1: My only theory is is On the logo. If you're a fan, you got the lucky shirt or the lucky socks or the mm-hmm. lucky underwear and you know logically that has absolutely no bearing on anything and yet you go wear it again and mm-hmm. again and again. This was kind of the opposite of it. This logo just is the unlucky logo <laughs> and it probably has no bearing on anything. Logically, there's nothing to do with it. and no, They played a real is. stinky game. But here's what I want I want to point out that uh, for all of you that argue that reminded them of 88, that game would have been by far the best <laughs> performance by a Kansas State team in that logo.
5: Um, I'm not going to say who said this, but I have someone who told me they think that the ghost of Stan Parrish knocked down that ball so Dalton couldn't catch it. And that's what led to the Oh, infection. my
1: God. Like he Ooh. came
5: out of the heavens. Or maybe hell if you believe that's where he's at. Stan's alive. Or, or,
3: or, or alive. <laughs> or, or. <laughs> we just killed <laughs> him
2: want to Have that debate. Do you want to do
1: that? Or we us we get, we
3: get go over the merits of, of where he ended up. <laughs> or I wonder if you,
5: don't, you believe. don't believe in either, then he just came up out of the ground because he's he you know he didn't. okay. Or he's reincarnated yeah. as something else.
1: The, the greatest <laughs> thing. I mean, maybe, maybe he happened. actually ran out
4: and knocked it down. and We didn't see
1: it. I don't know. <laughs> the uh, yeah deceptive I mean, speed from Stan <laughs> Parrish. <laughs> Nobody's saw the receiver from West Virginia. I think he just (laughs) magically appeared behind the K-State defense, so maybe Stan had a part in that. Uh, A sports writer I greatly respect who covered both the Parrish and Snyder um, press conferences was absolutely convinced Stan Parrish was the answer and Bill Snyder wasn't. So you just never know. Stan was coming in with the, the national championship from Marshall and Just absolutely stunk. They went 30 games without winning. He designed some cool helmets, though. It was a nice logo. Somebody gave him some. I don't know.
3: I would really like to see the script cat incorporated in the basketball uniforms. Is that in, is that in the works or no? Well, you yeah, know what? That would look Lon Krueger had that a
1: script really cats big. he used I, on, across I, that ball. Was it cats or wild cats? It said all across
4: the ball. They're supposed to wear some this year, but they say wildcats. Yeah, they're cats.
1: Their throwback to the seventies. What they wore with the. How the Wildcats was spelled. Well, I was talking to
5: somebody about this at, at the paper, but the one thing I really also like about the, the Cats script is look, is that it still to me looks very modern. Like, you know, sometimes you'll see like throwback things. I you're agree. Like, it, it held up. Yeah, it that's, actually that's, looks
1: better in terms of now than it wasn't. Nobody was excited about that logo in '88. That,
5: that's what I'm saying is that to me it shows that whoever designed it really was ahead of their time. Because I'm saying sometimes you see throwback things, you're like, "Wow, that looks like it was from the 1940s newsreel." But like this is, just, yeah, let's come on, like they were they're about to go, you know, go to Normandy. Come on, like they, they had to fire them up,
1: you know. <laughs> Our <laughs> you know? doughboys went over uh, to Europe and kicked some ass
5: for the second right. time. We saved Europe, and now yeah. they're coming back victorious. Where do all these V-E-Day. references come from? I take her take parade
4: you're like scoops Bart? callahan over here
5: i just All wanted a to a
1: say because uh, fitz thinks i have a good old newsreel he voice he does he does i it wouldn't well, have been I'm the logo draw. i would have picked but it it <laughs> sold a lot of merchandise and people are happy yeah and now it make great great kindling for a bonfire <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm
5: just
3: climbing cat hat that thing's hot that's a great hat. The one he was wearing on uh, Saturday, that, like, just purple with white cats, like, yeah, I'd rock that if I was a K-Pay fan, man. That's a
5: great hat. One thing that's thrown me off every week is that, you know, I just got used to Snyder and his weekly press conference always wore, you know, like a a, a, suit, yellow tie. a suit jacket and stuff, everything. Yeah, and the climbing comes in every week. You don't know what he's going to be wearing. Like, every week I feel like he's wearing something different.
1: And he always looks so comfortable yep. and yet presentable for a press mm-hmm. conference. Exactly.
3: It, that's do you think he chooses that or do you think just someone put this out
4: and just be like, hey, coach, just like no, I, just think it. It. Uh, I think there last week was intentional. but Oh, well, yeah. No, last yeah. week had to be intentional. It's just funny. When he first got yeah. here, it was suit and tie. He wore a suit, he wore a suit and tie the first few press conferences, too, but then he realized that we're not worth impressing.
1: So. Yeah, no, I so think. We're really not. <laughs> we're, it was a nice of Coach Knight always dress up for us, but he always wore the same tie. We weren't falling for it. Let's, let's move on to And basketball. he didn't like it if we'd point out that he changed it up, like the very few times he
4: did. Which the, like the time he came without a tie, and I thought, well, hell, what's going on? Or, or once he came with a uh,
1: like a coffee mug instead of the,
4: oh, like yeah. the styrofoam <laughs> thing. He, he couldn't believe we were all fixated on that either. We,
1: we should have asked, Coach, is this going to be a distraction leading up to Saturday's game? Are you using a different mug? Yeah. <laughs>
4: Players canceled practice? I was the same way, though. My first few months on the beat, I dressed like D. Scott. I tried to look really fancy, but then— Did you have a hat like D. Scott? No, I never wore the driver's hat. But after a while, I was like, why am I doing this? Everybody I'm talking to is in
1: sweatpants. I'm pretty much getting ready to fall into—and a couple of you guys may not know who this is—Doug Tucker Mode. Yeah, Uh, or Jason Whitlock. Yeah, Doug was a longtime AP— uh, writer before, Mr. Scratta stepped in, and, and Doug, by the end of it, was just not just wearing sweats, like sweats with holes. <laughs> it's like, I'm here, man. I'm just here, and I've got this shirt on from 1970 with sweats, and deal with it. I'm a writer, and I'm going to write. Wow. About I that someone
3: thought that uh, someone thought I was wearing sweats at the Sunflower Showdown, and they I, I had to have a distinct conversation with them that it was, uh, it was like a pair, I own like a pair of like charcoal gray, like Old Navy dress pants that are comfortable as, as all hell. I mean, they are great. But they're fantastic. But to the average onlooker, they might look like sweatpants.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: And I was like, I, I don't know if I can wear those covering a game anymore because I can't have people <laughs> thinking that I'm out here rocking sweat on the field. Like,
1: I don't know, man. I'm, I'm pretty yeah. skeptical. No, time. you're fine. Tom Fitz said it's okay. <laughs>
5: hey, hey, Griever, just because it's on my mind. What what swag do you guys have? Because I noticed a couple of the other TV reporters. Like one girl had an LL L. Bean jacket, and the other one had a uh, what was the other one? It's another like big name comp- Columbia, maybe. I'm yeah, like so who, it was who? Columbia. Yeah. yeah. So who do you guys uh, have?
3: Yeah. You got uh, Alco. <laughs> Aeropostale. I, I don't even. The no, I would not allow us to. No, <laughs> Abbercombie, like, bitch. Then we're gonna be rocking freaking Hollister and, and American <laughs> Eagle, live, laugh, love. Tommy Hilfiger out here. Oh. Hilfiger's fine. I'd take Hilfiger. That's Massimo. Not That's not bad. So what was what was the answer to here? Uh, no, this is my way of like deflecting because I honestly. Polo Ralph Lauren. Even
5: know. Oh man. I, well, I, I, I
3: gotta I gotta read.
5: Whoever that I company is I is gonna to be withholding your shipment, shipment next year because you can't exactly. even plug just, can't even plug them on air. Like man, you, know, you know, and you know what I told them when I saw what they had. I'm like, well, the Mercury has light up pins, so I know you're jealous. That's
1: true.
3: I mean, just that, like straight up, I just I just put on what got the logo on it and move on, man. Like I I don't, you know, I, I'm just trying to rep rep my station, and that's it. I don't know. When, I, I don't. When pump Fitz pump goes pump back up, and
5: looks at the analytics of this of this podcast, this will be the most listened to part. People are like, "Man, what, oh, what do yeah. those well, news people we're, wear?" We're talking
3: about where do I get we're that we're swag? Well, as we talk football, you know,
5: I know. I like well, they, they'll appreciate my nineteen forties news reel. We're like forty minutes uh, in. Nobody's listening to this anyway. I, exactly. Everyone. <laughs> well, hey, they play they play uh, <laughs> <Can> Kellis's we, <laughs> favorite team, Arkansas Pine Bluff. He continually knocked them last week for their Ken Palm APG rating and everything, rating. and they're going to come <laughs> three, in fired up. Three forty one out of Miami. Their their pregame warmers are going to read
1: Kellis who. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, is K State basketball worth the darn? Or is this part of the process of getting to where they need to get this season? They have lost all three first halves and won all three games. They even covered the spread last week after trailing by nine at halftime. They trailed by something. nine nine though, yeah to a team Kansas I, beat I, by fifty.
4: I, I like the freshman
3: man. Uh, I'll too. To be honest, like I. I really think Montavious Murphy is a good fit for them. He, he seems to – I mean, Bruce goes on about the culture of effort thing and yada, yada, yada. Like, Montavious Murphy seems like a, a dude who, who can fit right into the program. And I think you can already see it in the minutes. Like, I, I think he's more productive than Stockard, which – you know, granted, is that a great <laughs> yeah. bar? Very different. Man, is is you are really going guy. on a limb here, is Tyler. Is that the best bar to measure by? No, more
5: productive not. than uh, injured Nigel shad and James Love. I mean, <laughs> man.
3: <laughs> uh, like, man, I believe I, I, I ain't listening. Oh, I'm sure. Like, we don't got to go through a process of being like, all right, Stockard's more experienced guy. He's got to get the minutes. It's like, nah, man. Like, he does not need to be playing more minutes than Montavious Murphy. That is readily apparent, and hopefully Bruce keeps recognizing that. Um, Dajon Gordon, I don't think we've we've quite seen, I think, the higher ceiling that he has in Murphy um, as a whole as like a playmaker. But I think as the season progresses, you'll see more out of him. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, I look at those two. And I like a building block for what K-State has with those two. I think they're they're good. They seem to fit into the program very well and have potentially pretty high
5: ceilings. Nothing's changed from what I guess. I think Kellis and I both had kind of the same prediction about how they're going to be. Uh, I mean, I still think they're going to be a tournament team, and I think they'll get to right at 20 wins. I just think, again, this is just the growing pains agree, of, of having to literally replace three of the best players that you've ever had in, yep. in the history yep. of the program. And to think that... that uh, you know, the K-State was just going to be able to just show up day one and just start destroying teams. That's just, again, kind of like we talk about the football team, the basketball team is the same way. You know, Duke or Kentucky, whoever can lose three or four first-round picks and they're going to be top-five team the next year. K-State's not that way. And well, just, I
1: mean, you, you have to mention this, and it, it always sounds like I'm ripping on Bruce, but if you look back, they had that big class in which Wade, Brown, and Stokes emerged out of a recruiting class of seven or eight guys. They were the three guys that survived. Um and they were great. They were a great trio. They were a tent pole for the program for four years. But if you look back at the recruiting in between point A and point Z Xavier Sneed, Cardi Jada, and they got Mikhail Mouin off of a transfer. And Mike McGurl? Levi Stockard. I mean, they just had some classes in there that didn't. Produce. Nigel Shad, James Love. Those guys look good on the bench. When they walk <laughs> through an airport, they intimidate John Sean Williams. People. So I, they I, just uh, they just didn't put enough in there into the program in those years. And Sean and, Williams been doing a lot of bench sitting this year, by the way. Yeah. Well,
4: he's yeah. I'm actually willing to go out on a limb and say I've I've been displeased with what I see what I've seen. I actually would temper my expectations a bit. All right. I don't think they're. Playing up to where I thought they'd be the competition. I mean, winning at UNLV is somewhat impressive, but none of the three teams they played so far are very good. No. To and they're shooting the ball miserably.
5: Don't you not my North Dakota State bison, we've talked about this. <laughs> shooting choice. Summit league tournament champs last year.
4: They are shooting 22% from three. That's not going to cut it. Yep. And I mean, I was probably too high on DeJuan. I thought he'd come out and be just this amazing dude, and he's not there yet. So if he gets there, then I think thing then that'll change. I'm with Tyler. I like Montavious. I like Antonio. But I don't really like what Mike McGrill has done. Um, they're, they're not shooting it great. I think they rely too much on Cardi and Xavier. Right now I would – I mean, I still think they make the tournament, but earlier I was thinking, you know, maybe, hey, they're seven or eight seed. Now I'm thinking they're like play in type game. Oh.
1: Ah, Dayton in the win. <laughs> mm. Yeah,
4: I, they, they're the they they are uh, the Big 12's lowest rated Ken Palm team right now. Just don't that out there. They are. It,
3: it's it's pretty ugly to watch
5: offensively, and they in the first half. <laughs> <laughs> I,
4: mean, after,
5: I mean, if you just only put on the film from the second half, you'd say, this is a team. This team but you, a just, you just you just burned the film in the first half, that's all. That's what you have to focus on. The the, the the problem is, man, your top two options,
3: and we're talking Xavier and Cardi, Xavier's shooting 24% from mm. three. Cardi's shooting 12 for <laughs> 12. And they're both shooting under forty percent from the field. Why don't like, they you're, take more twos? You
5: you can make the number say uh, what you want, though, Tyler. But like between like the thirty-four and the thirty-five minute mark, Cardi's like two for two from three or something. So it's like
3: I mean, I, I mean, I get <laughs> that, man. But like, you know, you can afford those abysmal first halves. <laughs> I'm again,
5: sorry, Monmouth.
3: To... And again, those. So, but you come into Big Twelve play with the first half like that, you're getting sent home. Like you're, wow. like that's it. Like you're, you're going to get your ass kicked. Like every time. Um So I, I, I agree that there just doesn't seem to be a flow right now of things. And I think it is an adjustment for for Cardi and Xavier to like take on that that role of being the guy. Like I mean, you have to produce every single night at the top offensive options. Like there is no. There's no getting around that if they're going to win games this year. So they got to be more efficient. They got to figure it out earlier, quicker. Uh, You would prefer that flow to come when you're playing teams that aren't very good uh before you actually start playing teams that are good that's usually how sports work so it would be good
5: the, the one thing I want to say that you mentioned about Dejuan Gordon that I 100% agree with I, I think he again some guys they they get here as freshmen true freshmen and they just dominate from the jump but that's I feel like always more the exception to the rule I just think that he's a guy that's been so good for so long it, for him it's like tough right now that it's like wow these guys are every bit as good as I am and I think that that you hear Bruce talk about him. He's a, he's a guy who's such a perfectionist that he's it's really affecting him mentally that he's not coming in dominating like he maybe thinks he should. But I think once he gets into a rhythm of things, I think he's going to be fine. Because I, I just think he's probably too talented not to not to end up living up to the expectations people have for him.
1: Carlos, you, you are you're... going to Fort Myers for the. I am. Yeah. For the let me get this: the Rocket Mortgage by <laughs> Quicken Loans Fort Myers Tip-Off held oh. at the Suncoast. Credit Union Arena in Fort Myers, Florida. Attended by me, You're a company man. Good for you. <laughs> wow, Pittsburgh, Bradley, well and Northwestern. Any of them worth a darn? Uh, well, was Bruce saying Pittsburgh beat Florida? Florida no, State, no, no, he they... was talking about Florida State.
4: Yeah, Florida. today. Well, that that's still that's not bad. That's what they start with. They on lost Monday. to Nichols, which eh, doesn't get doing anything. I mean, I think that's a tournament. If they're going to be any good, they should win that tournament. Just like last year when they went out to. Wherever they went, the Paradise they, Jam, yeah, Paradise Jam, yeah, and Paradise three Jam, three pretty crummy teams. Oh, when you play a non-conference like this, you better win the games. It's going to be important. Those games in Marquette, I mean, those yeah. are re- that's really it. Yeah. There's no other opportunities to impress until you get to conference season. They can't. This would be the year they can't really afford to lose to Tulsa. You know, <laughs> I mean, I know things have turned out for them good when they lose to Tulsa. You kind of want to keep that uh, that streak going. But yeah, w- when you got Arkansas, I mean, we joke about Ryan propping up North Dakota State. But hey. they, they might end up being one of their best wins in non because Arkansas Pine Bluff looks look, so look at, bad. Look at you back They've, got, they've got, three, they got three teams ranked in the 300s that they play in non-conference. Yeah. Alabama and, State and Florida A&M. And then Monmouth is in the high twos. The mighty bison. They're, I mean, yeah, they're, if they don't win those games, they're going to be going into Selection Sunday saying, hey, look at our sweet non-conference wins against North Dakota State and uh, Monmouth. Yeah.
1: Yeah, It's going to carry a lot of weight. <laughs> a lot of weight. Hey, you got a rant today or anything? You know, I you wanna think— You want to take
5: the week off? I think, yeah, because, like, w- Walter's in here, and he's the only one. Because, like, he would be sitting here talking about, why did you shave your neck? He's like, you just need to just continue growing out for No Shave November.
1: <laughs> Look, yeah, you're shaving. Are you pro-prostate cancer? Uh, you're, wait you're no no you're on, no! You're on the side of prostate cancer. No, I, I mean I, I, you I know. see you're
4: wearing gray socks with black shoes. You yeah. could rant. Well, I mean, what's that about?
5: Yeah, uh, because I just pick whatever's first thing out of my drawer.
1: You should let Chris Claman pick your stuff.
5: You know, I'm actually <laughs> mad that I'm dressed this nicely. I should have put on my bedroom shoes to walk across the street. Do you have athletic shoes? I always see you in those. You <laughs> haven't seen me wear my Nikes. I'm Never. Wondering. Well, I, I guess come the, I, I don't really wear them to press conferences. I wear them to the office sometimes. Okay. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I mean, I have multiple pairs of, of shoes. I, just, I, get, I don't know. For me, it's just, I don't know. It's, 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 I don't want, it'd be weird for me to wear, like, tennis shoes to, like, uh, media
1: stuff. I don't know. Hell, I'm ready to wear sweats, and you're worried about <laughs> tennis shoes?
4: Well, I mean, I'm just saying I can't pull
5: I'd off. i wear a tearaway ta-
1: jersey at this point in my life. A tearaway jersey.
4: You'll wear the sugar bulb when uh when yeah, but
5: this, is this, is, this doesn't look quite as—I don't know. I, I mean, I guess Kels for you tomorrow. I wear—I wear my tennis shoes. All right, so you can see okay. that I have them. I look forward to this. Griever, I, I
4: wasn't excited about climbing
1: on Tuesday, but now I am. Are you uh, coming over tomorrow, Mister Griever? Yeah,
3: yeah, I'll be there for for football availability, and then I'll be there for the basketball game. Okay. So well, oh, you're lovely. welcome to
1: come hang out here at the world headquarters and leave Sidekick at home. I'm not gonna—I'm yeah. not even gonna mention his name, Sidekick. Hey, hey, Mitchell. Oh, you did it.
3: He's good. Yeah. he's good. Hey, he, he had a good, uh, yeah, good story of Skyler and that uh, that kid he met up with after the game. If you haven't seen that, that was a really good story. Uh, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, I'm gonna plug some content here. Sure. I'm gonna I'm gonna plug go. a little bit of content.
5: I'm just interested to see what you wear, so you can figure out who who actually gives you guys clothes. For your station
4: well, I, Nautica Oh we're, Nautica. Back to, Nautica. we're back to the Station <laughs> apparel now.
5: Liz Clay. I'm sorry
4: I'm
3: just I mean, I, Liz mean, If I had my choice Like we, we'd be wearing Tommy like, Bahama get, Like H&M To do our stuff Or like some You know Get some polo Or I don't know I don't
4: got that kind of polo Bathe the ape Honestly but... Tommy Bahama That's who you should go with Tommy Bahama Nice Hawaiian shirt At the
3: press <laughs> conference Hey Tommy Bahama Stuff is comfortable Are you not a Tommy oh, Bahama I gotta,
1: guy? I am a Tommy Bahama you just, guy You just You just you know you got, you but mine. I'm not into the full print tropical stuff. They've got really just nice shirts. Like, I wear long sleeve yeah. shirts all yeah. the time. Yeah. Yeah. Not They're old very old. comfortable. Oh. I, I look good with my sweats. <laughs> the Tim Fischer. Classing around. it up. Yeah, classing up my sweats. I think that's what it's all about. Well, it was a great show today, wasn't it? Yeah, hey, old timey <laughs> Ryan Black. It was a great show. <laughs> We appreciate everyone listening. If you made it this far, God bless you. We are sponsored by Commerce Bank. And for Tyler, Ryan, and Kellis, I'm Fitz. We'll talk to you next week if you are brave enough to come back. You've been listening to the PowerCat Insiders
2: Podcast, presented by Commerce Bank. PowerCat Podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com and Spirit Street Publishing.